Welcome to another edition of TSC Music's Music with a Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. We're delighted to be in the studio with this uh, impromptu podcast today. <laughs> We've got some friends visiting from New Jersey, and we thought it appropriate to seize the moment, grab them, and put them in the studio with us. And that is none other than our good friend, longtime friend, uh, John Fairley and Ron Foster. Welcome, guys. Hello, Greg. Thank you. Good to have you. Uh, I gotta, I gotta tell people how we know each other real quick. Ron, if I ever had a music teacher, and I guess it was what three weeks it lasted. <laughs> no, it's about a year. About really, a year. was it that long? About a year. Yeah. Uh, the the only person I sat under for any kind of uh, music teaching, and the only person that that I was able to have that I had the discipline to sit under was was his man across the room from us, and his name is Ron Foster, long time. Uh, gospel musician, church musician in the New Jersey, and other musician, <laughs> just yeah. musician in general, yeah. in the tri-state area. Uh, has done a lot of things over the years. You look him up, you will see his name, you will hear about his music. Uh, great composer, writer, singer, choir director, teacher. And uh, Ron, I still remember the first lesson. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was an F major 7. Yeah, go ahead. To a, uh, uh, an F major 7 to a D... I think it was a D9 or something. Yeah, okay. Uh, it was a little jazz progression. I'll play it yeah. for you later. But <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Great it was handwritten. You wrote it out, you know, and it was, uh, <laughs> it was the first <laughs> jazz progression I learned. I think I was still in uh, elementary school then. Yeah, you were down there. You were yeah. Down there. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, of course, my good friend John Fairley, who uh, comes from a singing family of singers and musicians and writers, and uh, uh, John and I hooked up many, many years ago. Uh, on different projects, but then I guess it was in late 90s, mid 90s, when we started uh, Metro Music back in New Jersey and started doing these workshops. And John was our project director at the time. John, and of course, John's a singer, saxophone player, choir director, composer. Good to have you uh, in the studio with us today, John. Good to be here. Um, so I got to, st- I, I don't even know where to start. There's so much to talk about. And then we want to, because, you know, from a personal perspective, we're going to talk about music, music ministry and what you guys have done and are doing. And then, of course, we want to get to this sing along that you guys are starting to do, have, have started mm-hmm. doing, uh, I guess, within the past year or two. Sure. And it's starting to, it's starting to grow. This, there's a snowball effect happening. And we're going to talk sure. about that uh, uh, in a minute. Now, Ron. For our listeners, uh, you've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to make you sound yeah. old, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. a long time. Well, well, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. Good, good, because yeah. you're still running marathons and you're still I'm in the still, gym still every day. Working in the gym, working <laughs> out in the gym. Yeah, so yeah. so running marathons and working in the gym and, and playing for all of these churches that you've played for and worked mm-hmm. with and writing all this music. I mean, how did it start for you? Well, actually, my father gave me my first few lessons when I was young. I was about six years old. He gave me some piano lessons. And, and I, you know, I kind of went through the books kind of quickly. You know, thank God I was able to catch on kind of fast. Mm-hmm. So they say that I got some of my genes from him. So I, I took it on and I, I studied classical music and all of the, all those different art forms at a young age. You know, so and, and as, as a matter of fact, music wasn't a big part of my life as far as schooling goes mm-hmm. until after I graduated from high school, to be honest with you. Right. I didn't do anything through high school. Musically, I basically just played in the in the background most of the time, you know, doing things in the back in the background. So that's how it all got started. Uh huh. And then somehow you 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 ended up playing for the church because that's all church. I've known you well, do. Christ Temple Baptist Church. If you remember, Reverend Freddie Robinson was a pastor yeah. of that church back back in the day. Wow. And they used to sit me on the stool and and, and, and and play behind the choir, you know, to try to learn. I said to my, I, I never forget my feet dangling. <laughs> <laughs> like about foot off the floor, you know. We, we both had songs, that experience, you know? yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, of course, my first my first uh, listening experience was James Cleveland and and and, uh, and uh, some of those big groups back in the day, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but it was a uh, you know it's, it's quite it's quite interesting because I got pulled into the I started playing behind groups and, and that came into Patterson at one time as well. Mm-hmm. Groups like the uh, Stansell Singers and even Professor Hardy and the Corinthian singers, they came into town and sometimes mm-hmm. I used to play behind them a little as well, you know? Wow. So, but uh, uh, it's quite an experience. Mostly on the road experience. Uh-huh. Didn't get, get a whole lot of schooling at that time. My school was the actual experience itself. Right, right. Yeah. So. Now you've done some stuff outside of the church. You you did some orchestration for a big name. Yeah, yeah. I You know, it's strange. I, when, I, when I went to Philadelphia uh, behind a group called Ecstasy, Passion, and Pain, 
Lord help, help <laughs> us help us with that name. But anyway, uh, not knowing a whole lot about it. But anyway, uh, they gave me my first chance to uh, orchestrate some some things for the group. Uh-huh. And after that experience with the horns and strings, it just kind of like just blew my mind. I had to I had to I had to take that a little farther. As a matter of fact, what we're trying to do with sing-alongs, we're trying to incorporate strings and horns into that that whole setup as well. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, we got to talk uh, about but, that uh, a little later. But I did all you know all of the groups from two thousand two thousand three. We did uh, most of the classic soul groups. You know, Ray mm-hmm. Goodman and Brown and stylistics and and most of those soul, soul groups and i got i got my you know got a little chance to do that the back uh strings for that strings right. and horns for that you know so Don't forget isaac hayes oh yeah isaac well hayes. i was waiting for you to say his name i was gonna wait though yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 brother isaac hayes and yeah. him, fat and whitehead a lot of those fellows are gone now yeah as yeah. you know you know and uh yeah main ingredient most of most of the classic soul groups at the mm-hmm. time you know what what would you say the music connection though between playing for the church mm-hmm. and a lot of these classic soul groups that you've worked with, is there a musical connection? I think so, uh, Greg. You know, w- what happened with me backstage with most of those groups, the soul groups, was I found that they had a they had something else going on in their lives, mm-hmm. not just what you saw on the stage. Sure. Because we used to sit, we'd go backstage, and we we hold hands and pray, you know, and get in one hand. And most of those guys were, were actually searching for it, for for the, for the truth. Mm-hmm. If, if I, now, they they did that. Uh, I remember Eddie Holman, for instance. Eddie Holman was a, actually an ordained pastor, mm. and he he got on stage and he actually gave a testimony on stage before he sang his song. You know, uh, what's the song? He does "Hey There Lonely Girl." Uh huh. And he he used to do his testimony. He says, hey, "I want you folks to know," he said, "Hey There Lonely Girl is my bread and butter." Wow. And I do this because you know, I, I mean, you know, I, now he brings his wife with him every time he does his show and all that kind of thing. You know, uh-huh. but here he's an ordained pastor and he's still singing that "Hey There Lonely Girl." Wow. You know but uh, his backstage, like I said, his backstage was praying before he went out there, and and all of this. You know, mm-hmm. they had they had a strong connection with God. You know, and and, and, and born again, born again Christians in uh-huh. many instances. Some of those fellows, you know. But it was his bread and butter. Yes, yeah, so that, that was his bread that's and butter. So he had a professional music career, right? But he also had a calling on his life. That's right. And and he didn't he didn't forsake the call. That's right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. A lot, he, a lot of people he, don't know that. Yeah, you're right. The, his, his testimony his testimony really uh, spoke for itself. Uh-huh. He witnessed. Uh, for himself, you know, right. and, 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 you know, by, by by his testimony. So, great, great. And so, you've done all this orchestration. You've worked with these groups, groups mm-hmm. and choirs. What would you say the the? I mean, at, at, and you're still doing it. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. some fulfillment. I mean, you've got a lot of fulfillment out of doing this. That you're still doing it. Oh yeah. What is the most fulfilling part of being a Christian musician, writer, composer, mm-hmm. choir director? I mean, what what at the end of the day, mm-hmm. what fulfills you? Well, th- being able to give you all. You know, when you when you as you know, Greg, when you when you when you compose a piece and you you got the bass and the drums and the keyboards, that's fine. But when you start adding those other things on, you know, you can hear the, the full effect of all of, like the horns and the strings. Yeah. And then you're hearing the whole piece the way it should be, you mm-hmm. see? And that, to me, is, is a complete picture. It's like an artist draws a picture. He doesn't leave out the sun or the right. or, or, or the grass. I mean, the whole picture is there, you see? Yeah. And that's my, yeah. to me, that's the complete project. And that's why my vision is to do the sing-along thing with the full, full orchestra eventually. Mm-hmm. Because it takes folks a level of thinking and a music appreciation a level higher. Right. You see? Yeah. Awesome. Good stuff. We're going to take a quick break. We're in the studio impromptu with John Fairley and Ron Foster right after this message. God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to God help. God is and always will God be. God is able to God protect. Is God is good. His power to change. God is a provider. God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God is merciful. God is a husband to the widow. God is the one with your answer. God is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio. Where God is. This is Carter Conlon from Times Square Church in New York City. I'd like to speak today to people who just simply need a miracle. You're in a situation where everything around you seems so dark, it seems so difficult. You really don't know how you're going to get through the day. In the Old Testament, God spoke these words to his own people, Israel. He said, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles will come to your light 
and kings to the brightness of your rising. The Lord was saying to his people Israel, as he's saying to you and I today, if you'll call out to me, I will come to you no matter how deep your darkness or how difficult your situation. And I will answer you so powerfully that people will have to acknowledge the hand of God has come on you. It's time to pray. To find a prayer meeting in your area, visit nycprayer.org. Summit International School of Ministry is currently trying to fill the bookshelves of their newly renovated library. Their desire is to expand the resources available to their students, to enable them to deeper study the Word of God and to enrich their Christian walk. If you'd like to donate an Amazon.com gift card, visit the Summit Book Drive page on Amazon.com. If you prefer to give a donation to Summit towards the purchase of books for their new library, please visit www.tscnyc.org. We are in the studio again with John Fairley, Ron Foster, two of the tri-state areas most talked about, <laughs> at least in my world. I uh, grew up knowing these men, watching these men, uh, studied uh, to some extent under, under them, and uh, it's just great to have them visiting with us here in New York City. And then, of course, uh, they're being willing to be dragged into the studio at a moment's notice and to discuss music ministry as we... Uh, uh, like to discuss on this particular podcast. And so Ron was telling us before the break, uh, he was talking about uh, the, the the full picture of music. And I talked about, you know, I asked him, uh, you know, what fulfills you? You've been doing this a long time, and apparently there's some f- fulfillment in it uh, that you're doing it after all these years and still doing it. How has it changed for you, though? Because, you know, back in the day, you know, there was a time when we were all committed to one church, and then mm-hmm. in some cases we were serving three and four ministries at a time. What's changed for you now? Well, I think um, um, what's what's most changed is the, the fact that we're going into communities a little more, you know, into, in the area of the community as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, building up the, uh, the whole agenda of the church. The four walls. Four walls, exactly. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the biggest part of it. Yeah. So, so you alluded to the... Uh, Sing-alongs. And I want to talk about that in a little while. How did the sing-alongs come about? I think uh, we, our discussions together, we talked about how the uh, the churches, the choirs, the musicians uh, no longer knew the uh, the old uh, hymns or uh, the uh, even some of the old. Uh, spirituals mm-hmm. uh, they had passed they had passed them by and we said that it's okay to reach out and grab some of the stuff that's coming through now but don't let go of what brought us here yeah uh, there, there are so many things that that uh, we think about when uh, we're serving the Lord uh, as much as I love uh, some of the things that are out there, stomp or even even uh, uh, I'm a soldier. Uh, it doesn't replace some of the other things we've done over the years. Uh, so uh, that's what we said. We need to go back and revisit that and let some of the younger people learn about these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of this generation thinks that they're creating completely new music. And we know that there's nothing new under the sun. You know, there's, you know, there are 13 notes that you can work with, <laughs> you know, and, and after all, I mean, after the plethora of music that's been out there, you know, once you've started hearing something, you know, you you can always find something that you've heard a little bit of it before. So mm-hmm. nothing is completely new. And I don't think we're hearing anything that is completely new. No. However, when you compare today's music to some of the traditional like you said some of the hymns some of the anthems and spirituals that that were sung uh, in the early church there's a I, I think the gulf between those two styles if you will mm-hmm. are is, is getting bigger yeah right am yeah. I right because this this generation not only knows from whence they come mm-hmm. from musically right. they, they're not even familiar with an at the cross or familiar with have you know, own way, have that own way, or is your all on the altar? Well, you, know, you know, not only the music part of it is is the lyric content as oh, well. Absolutely, you know uh, the stories behind those great hymns. You yeah, know? yeah. 
I mean, there's experiences behind those. When you listen to those hymns, you know, younger people can listen to some of those some of those old hymns if they really listen, and they can really get something out of oh, them. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. they really yeah. can. I mean, are you? I mean, do you feel like I feel like uh, I, I think when I listen to uh, a lot of today's music, and that, in fact, Harry and I had this discussion a little while ago. I, I spent a week on a, on a marathon listening campaign, you know, my own personal campaign. I, I listened to 311 songs in one week, songs I'd never heard before. Uh, and I had them on my iPod and I had them in the car. And I would make it a point to listen to as many of them as possible every day of the week uh, from Monday to Monday. And I found that a lot of the stuff that's being written today is theologically weak the the message rarely glorifies god it it talks about it's a lot of those i'm going to get mine get 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 mm-hmm. get the blessing it's all of those yeah. get me get it i got to right. get it back kind of songs and it's never a song of giving unto god do you you feel the same i i, I feel that uh uh well, one of the things that i learned early about uh, hymns and anthem is that the subject is on Christ, it's not on us. Mm. And that's where we miss it because gospel songs are about us. <laughs> uh, uh, Did he say that? He said it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the gospel songs, basically, the, the, the subject is us. Uh-huh. But hymns and anthems, uh, the subject is on Christ. Uh-huh. And that's why we need to go back to doing that. When I was younger, uh, Elder Butler would not allow us to do a gospel song until we learned our hymns and anthems. Mm. And that was choir rehearsal. We we had to learn our anthem for the week before we could learn a new gospel song. Mm-hmm. And so I was blessed that way to know what the actual order of service should be. Uh-huh. That first is on Christ and then it's on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until we get back to that, uh, I don't think we'll ever grow uh-huh. because uh, it, it's all right to sing uh, a, a song about what God has done for me or, or, or what has happened to me in my life and we have progressed. A testimonial kind of song. Uh, right. But uh, until I get to the realization that it's still all about him, mm. uh, I, I haven't I haven't grown at all. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also it's all about having a, ba- a well balanced plate, you know. I, I always, I'm always uh, preaching that myself. You know, you can take uh, take songs out of context, just like you can take scriptures out of context. Sure. You know, so I feel that you know you can have a song in there, maybe that doesn't even have the word Jesus in the song. But mm-hmm. the point is, I mean, in in in, in the context of the of, of the ministry, there should be something that talks about Jesus, right. you know, and right. God and Christ, you know, right. and so right. forth. So. Yeah, I think I think that's key to a, ba- a well balanced diet, <laughs> if you will, well balanced plate. Um, and the, because when you say gospel songs are about us, I, I commented on it because um, th- there is a cultural uh, tendency. Uh, when, I, when I say that, this it's cultural to the African American church. Absolutely, that a lot of quote unquote gospel songs. If you listen to the radio, they most of them are are usward, mm-hmm. and very few of them are himward. Absolutely, you know, and uh, and I love that. I mean, you mentioned Elder Butler. I totally forgot about him. Now we're talking, and now when we're, we're going to throw these names around, nobody's going to know who we're talking about. But these are people who have poured into our Us. lives in different areas and different times. And uh, Butler was, uh, without a doubt, one of the early day uh, choir directors slash hymn hymnist, if you will, or hymnologist. I don't know if that's a real term, but somebody made it up. Uh, um, but was was a choral director uh, and was uh, par excellent in that he had a demand and a command in a rehearsal setting, but not just teaching you how to sing, but teaching you what to sing, what to sing and making sure you understood what you were singing, uh, which was paramount, uh, I thought, for uh, and is paramount for a successful music ministry. You got to know why you do what you do. And uh, I remember when we started the workshops back in the early uh, or the mid uh, 80s, actually, it was like 87. I was just fresh out of high school. <laughs> uh, Metro music. Yeah. And uh, and people thought we were insane, you know, because you we because I think the dis- because the discussion at that time was 
was very different from the norm. We had pulled away from the competitions. We had pulled away from McDonald's Gospel Fest. We had pulled away from, you know, all of these things that didn't perpetuate the gospel message, that didn't um, edify the people, that only created the discord and the competition uh, even in the, even amongst churches, mm-hmm. it breeded right. that kind of thing. And then you had the explosion of community groups and choirs and ensembles where everybody was on the scene with their own group. And really, it was a, it was just a contingency of some disgruntled choir director who didn't want to be under leadership. Yeah. Right. You know, so he pulled mm-hmm. out of a church and started his or her own thing. Mm-hmm. And so you had this massive uh, explosion. I mean, this was like the beginning of the huge McDonald Gospel Fest thing. Uh, I think by that time it was probably in its third or fourth year. Yeah. Um, but then when we started doing these workshops and started teaching music and teaching it from a ministry perspective, people thought we were insane. They said, why, why are you doing this? This is this goes against the norm. It's, it's, it disturbs the status quo. Absolutely. Uh, but it, it caught on. Mm-hmm. And I think it helped, at least to some degree, in some area. Uh, and I think uh, a lot of times we underestimate how many people were actually affected by it. Mm-hmm. But hundreds of people we're coming right. to these workshops on, a, on an annual yeah, basis. We we, we transcended uh, 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 churches or uh, the, the the four walls of individual churches, and we brought people together that were from different walks of life yeah. and right. yeah. and uh, different organizations, and we unified, uh, and we accomplished some great things yeah. in those workshops. I remember uh, hearing my first. Uh, hearing my my song for the first time done by a choir mm. and it brought me to tears yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, this the song is uh, I'm grateful mm-hmm. I still remember that 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 evening and uh, uh, yeah. it was wonderful we we brought our own material we sang our own songs and uh, we it hurt some people because we had uh, a committee a, an approval committee and mm-hmm. if the song did not fit the category of of worship and and or praise uh, uh we did not accept it yeah uh simply because of the in an art form that that uh, you've learned and and it sound good it had to have a message yeah. and we did not accept it if it didn't have a message and i think three of us had that experience cuz Ron, we did mm-hmm. several of your songs i remember coming to this place this i remember place, so yeah. good to know him mm-hmm. uh let's see uh there was a few there was yeah. three or four too long uh too long yeah yeah god's business god's business absolutely god's so business. a lot of songs that we've we've done and i think i shared the same feeling you know we've all written these songs in mm-hmm. fact that th- those weeks were comprised of learning original material original each material. night right. and singing them in concert that Saturday mm-hmm. night, uh, which was rare mm-hmm. uh, in that setting, at least right. in, uh, at right. that time, uh, to learn all new music that week and then sing mm-hmm. them in, in, uh, uh, on a Saturday night. Yeah, the whole thing, uh, we're trying to get other folks involved with that process, you know, to encourage other writers, which is always a difficult thing anyway, because mm-hmm. I, I guess folks feel a little intimidated sometimes when they, when they come into a setting whether somebody's going to take their song and take a look at it. You right. know, there's certain cr- criteria that it has to meet and sure. so forth, you know. But even to this day, I mean, I still try to do that, and it's very difficult to get choir members even to mm-hmm. say, look, I have a song here. Can, can we do it, you know. Right. But they need so much encouragement to do that, you know. Interesting. Well, let's go to 1988. I've got the audio from <laughs> from the very first workshop. This might even be 87, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, the title of the song is uh, I'm Grateful, written by John Ferry. Up in the sky, 
I am grateful for his son he sent to die. I am grateful for the day that he washed my sins away. I am grateful, Lord, yes, indeed, I am. I am grateful, oh, yes, I'm grateful. The Adult and Youth Praise Choirs are just two of the many ministries that make up TSC Music. We're also looking for volunteers in other areas of music ministry. Are you a musician, an actor or singer, a video editor or an audio engineer? Perhaps you're great at learning song lyrics and quick on the computer, then projection ministry could be the place for you. Or maybe you enjoy meeting new people and talking with them about music. Then you'd fit right in with our sales team. If you're a music lover looking to find your place to serve, we invite you to apply online. Visit the website tscnyc.org and click on Get Involved. Uh, wow, that was, <laughs> was a long time ago. That was recorded live at the Metro Music and Arts Workshop in 1988. That was I'm Grateful, written by John Fairley, and then So Good to Know Him by Ron Foster. Uh, so many songs came out. In fact, if I'm correct, if my math is right, when I look back at the five or six years we did those workshops, uh, there were over 35 songs that were done. Some of them were 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 requested a second and third year. Uh, a couple of them, couple of them made two or three of the recordings, but uh, there were almost thirty-five songs, uh, maybe a little over that, that were recorded and uh, sang uh, over those years. And though and those groups were comprised of all kinds of, like you said, John, people from different backgrounds and people from Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut, Jersey. Um, and, uh, uh, just, just a wonderful experience to see that many believers come together for a week. And we didn't, we didn't rent, reserve hotels. I mean, they came every day, you know, which was an, an unusual thing because we didn't block hotels, uh, or anything of that nature, but they, they were still there, uh, every night. When my, you... my, my favorite song, uh, from, uh, the very first workshop was your song. Uh, look back no more. Look I won't back look no back. More. Yeah. How well I remember that. We yeah, we've covered that one a few times here at, at the church as well. Uh, your sister. Yes. And fairly, I don't think anybody has sang it the way Ann has. <laughs> but we've had some good people do it. But there, there was just a stamp on it when Ann did it. In fact, I've got a little piece of that right here. This world. 
We're back with Ron and John, and we are uh, <laughs> reminiscing on the past, uh, I don't know, 20, 25 years or so. We've just gone back and listened to some recordings of some things we've done. Now, those were recorded to tape. i got to say that. So uh, <laughs> for this digital generation who's so used to hearing things up front and loud, this was live to four track. This was a TAC <laughs> uh, four-track recorder, uh, and uh, so we captured everything we could right to four tracks on tape. Uh, and so for those of you who are in the digital world and you're used to Pro 2s or, uh, um, or whatever else, these uh, digital audio uh, workstations that we're using today, um, this was a totally different process <laughs> before computers were actually being used for recording as we know it today. But But... You, you, in the break, you get you mentioned that the choir gave way to praise and worship. These worship teams. Worship teams. Uh, talk about that from your perspective, just a little bit. Uh, well, we went to uh, worship teams, uh, mostly uh, started at churches uh, to bring the praise and worship part together in service, but. Uh, uh, my feeling is quite often we forgot about the uh, worship part and we stay continuously in the praise part. Mm. Uh, uh, and I have to remind people all times what happened to the worship part of praise and worship. Then there's the other part about it is that I always say that in order to be a praise and worship leader, you have to be in touch with the spirit at all times. You need to be prayed up. You need to be in touch, and I, I think that quite often, and 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 I was at a workshop where uh, the question came: How do you get people to stand up and participate and clap their hands and and do so and so uh, uh, when the praise and worship team is so busy uh, trying to get you up? And everybody gave their opinion, and I finally asked this question. I said the. I want you to see this scenario. I've just got off from work. I didn't feel like coming to church. I literally pressed my way because I was tired. Mm. And, but I came to get my blessing. And the praise and worship team gets up and they're going through their motions. They're clapping and they're jumping. I said, I'm tired. Mm. Do you really expect me to get up and do what you're doing? <laughs> now, we have to realize that it's not the job of the praise and worship team to get you up on your feet. It's your job to get me to want to be on my feet. If I never get on my feet, if I'm st but I, you need to get me to stand up in my heart. Mm-hmm. Your job is not to get me up. In an, in an emotional response. Absolutely. <clears throat> your job is to get me prepared to hear the word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's what your job is. And when you try to do more, or you think you can do more, you're out of place. Mm. Isn't it the responsibility of the worship team and any for, for any believer to first be worshipers themselves? Absolutely. And I think mm -hmm. that's a large part of what has been lost in this dynamic is that people have moved from being worshipers themselves. Mm -hmm. Not everybody, but in large part. So we see the worship team as the team that's supposed to usher us into some place. Right. But if they're not worshipers, they can't usher us Absolutely. somewhere that they've not been. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> One of the things that I, that I learned, uh, I took a praise and worship uh, um, a workshop down in Virginia Beach with Paul Sanchez and some of the some of the mm -hmm. some of the great you know uh, writers. We exalt you. He wrote that song. He exalts you. Right. And one of the things that stuck with me when I when I took that workshop was that the, uh, the worship team is supposed to be leading or in a corporate way, leading the, the service in a way where it's pretty much horizontal. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, gathering songs and. Uh, in, from the outer courts into the inner courts. Mm -hmm. Eventually, that's where they're supposed to be right. going. Inner courts, where it becomes that vertical worship. Right. Uh, setting the setting the setting the, for for anything else that goes on in that service thereafter. Right. So basically, that's that's how I treat it as well. Mm -hmm. Some songs can be fast or slow; it doesn't make any difference. 
you know, like you say, in the praise and praise praise part of it, mm-hmm. that horizontal worship. But most of the time, we hear gathering songs. We gather together to worship, and right, so, that kind right. of thing. But then we get into the intercourse is we worship you, we worship you. Yeah, that vertical <clears throat> worship, and that's the way I look at it. You see, and and it made sense to me. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and I, we talked about that a little bit last week. As a matter of fact, you, when you talk about gathering songs, right. you know, we we call it in the traditional uh, mm-hmm. the call to worship. It's those songs okay. that are the call to worship. Sometimes the call to worship is a song, but sometimes it's also uh, a scripture reading. But for the most part, there's a call to worship in the traditional church. You know, there'd be the choir processional. You're mm-hmm. both familiar with that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. supposed to be the call to worship. And I think even when I look back at some of those calls, calls to worship, a lot of the songs that were used in the processionals, if you will, were not calls to worship. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, I used the example on the previous podcast, you know, we're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. That's not a call to worship song. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> when you listen to the chorus, no. it's not like a funeral processional, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. you know, it's, you know, and so yeah. even on, from a lyrical perspective, we have to scrutinize everything, I think, a little more, a little more intentionally. Sure for the placement of songs in our in the order of service Absolutely. so that we are in fact moving people from that horizontal worship or mm-hmm. that horizontal experience if you will mm-hmm. to now we're ministering to God mm-hmm. with the people mm-hmm. and i think a lot of times that's missing in uh this this new culture if you will but then this new culture didn't develop this this has been coming mm-hmm. so there's a generation before them and a mm-hmm. generation before them mm-hmm. who somewhere either stopped learning or mm-hmm. just created a new culture within mm-hmm. the Christian community, within the Church of Jesus Christ, and that is something I think we're fighting uh, on a regular basis. We're fighting this culture of mm-hmm. doing things a certain way that has strayed away from actually being edifying to the body of Christ. I agree with you totally. The the, the shame of it is that uh, it's so hard for us to break away from traditions, and I I always say that the real death. The real death of a church is the seven last words. Mm. We never did it like that before. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the real death of so many churches. It's because we haven't learned to move forward. And the more we get into the word of God, uh, our eyes are opened Mm. more to see. And as much as we accepted it years ago and things happened with it years ago, not to say it was bad, Mm -hmm. But you you want to you want to move forward. You want to do better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been sixty six years in church, uh, and it wasn't until twenty twenty five years ago when uh, uh, I went to Brooklyn Tabernacle mm-hmm. and actually sat down back with Alvin Slaughter and, mm-hmm. yeah. and 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 I forgot who the other people were who led praise and worship. Mm-hmm. And nobody got you up. And matter of fact, they sat on stools. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sang. And by the time praise and worship was over, there wasn't a dry eye in the auditorium. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we all had a mind to worship God. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Wow, this is the way mm-hmm. it really should be." Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 not the not the uh, the physical. Uh, yeah. Physical <laughs> violence. But, 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 <laughs> there are some foundational uh, things that should not be be thrown out. You know, I, I feel that you know, you, if you build a house right and you have a foundation right, you shouldn't tear the foundation down because the house is going to fall. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. But there are some things, some old traditions that should be done away sure, with. Of course. Sure. But there are some foundational things like the old old hymns, "Holy, Holy, Holy." Absolutely. I mean, I mean that song will last forever. You Never. See? It, it, nothing's changed. Yeah. It's the same that's, song. That's, 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 that's the last song that we do right? yeah. on our sing along. Is "Holy, Holy, Holy," uh-huh. because as far as I'm concerned, it's the hymn of hymns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna take a break. Come back and talk about the sing alongs, and then we're gonna sing along right after this break. Child Cry is pleased to announce the launching of a new children's book entitled Picnic Pals, written and illustrated by an 11-year-old girl named Emily Skelding from Mobile, Alabama. Emily wants to teach children about the love of Jesus and to help feed hungry children, a passion she developed after reading about Child Cry. In June of 2009, Emily was diagnosed with acute lymphatic leukemia. As she has journeyed along this path, she has shown a quiet strength and a courage that is a testimony of the power of God to transform through suffering. Picnic Pals is available for purchase 
purchase online at tscnyc.org and at the Times Square Church Book Table. 100% of all the proceeds from the sale of the book will go to Feed Hungry Children Through Child Cry. KPC is going to Finland. It's our first mission trip. A group of kids from the Times Square Church Kids Praise Choir is traveling to Helsinki, Finland this June. We'll be part of an evangelistic children's choir outreach. We're so excited to worship and share the love of Jesus. A lot of the kids in the choir are from the inner city, and we need your help to be able to go. If you'd like to help sponsor a child to go on this mission trip, visit tscnyc.org. Just click on the KPC Ensemble Traveling to Finland banner to make your donation online. Thank you. Kitos. TSC, Music Radio, where God is. And we're back, and again, having a really good conversation and good uh, flashback, some flashback time, and reminiscing uh, with good friends John and Ron. Now, you guys do this sing-along. Uh, you started it when? Oh, a little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember meeting you at a restaurant somewhere in Jersey, and you you were talking to me about it, and and I didn't get a chance to get to any of them, but we we did talk about it, and I, and I yeah. love the concept of sitting down and uh, going into a church, inviting people that just come in, no program that they're aware of, mm-hmm. but there's a sing along. T- 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 talk about that a little bit, so that our listeners will understand what that means. Well, we we uh, we usually put together a program of songs from the. Uh, African American Heritage Hymnal, right? And and if they have those hymnals in their church, mm-hmm. fine. In some of the churches, we just print up uh, some of the words to the songs that we we plan to sing, and we pretty much stay to the program. Uh, but of course, uh, we leave room for the moving uh, of the Holy Spirit through those songs, and old and young people have come to us after the program, the older people said, I haven't heard those songs in years. Yeah. Uh, I was so blessed uh, as a youth with those songs. And then some of the young people said, I never heard those songs right. before, but I really liked them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it, it, it gave us to know that the direction we were going was, was correct, that people really need to hear them, those who haven't heard them, need to hear them and those who haven't heard them in a while uh, the, the the renewed uh, excitement of those songs. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned the African American Heritage Hymnal now there are many hymnals out there and there were many out there long before this one. I remember when this one came out um, I mean you had the All God's Children, you had the Family of God Hymnal, you've got the Baptist National Hymnal, Baptist, you've got the, Baptist, yeah, you've got the yeah, you got Church of God in Christ Hymnal, I mean there, there's so many hymnals out mm-hmm. there but long before the African American Heritage Hymnal came out mm-hmm. uh, there were a plethora of hymnals why this one? Now, I've seen it. I think it's a great piece of literature, a great piece of work. But why did you choose this one? Well, this, uh, this, this particular hymnal has, has, has a, a, a better um, mixture of those songs. Right. You know, as I spoke to you earlier about uh, Richard Smallwood, some, some of his songs in there, uh, mm-hmm. in there as well, Andre Crouch. And, and Andre Crouch has got, got songs in a lot of the hymn, hymnals. But, yeah. uh, but, but uh, Richard Smallwood, there's a few, but then they got other composers in, in that book. You know, we're doing like, it's a good mixture of gospel as well, well as hymnals. You right. know, when I say gospel, I mean the more stuff like, I don't feel no ways tired, mm-hmm. and I love the Lord, and Richard Smallwood. And, and, and that's not new in the Baptist hymnal at right. all. Those songs and these are, are songs that are familiar, and as we said before, mm-hmm. to, to a, to a to a culture right. of the church community mm-hmm. that are specific to that culture. but And I'm finding, Ron, that as we do more of those songs in, in cultures that are not of the African-American tradition, mm-hmm. they catch on like wildfire. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, you know, I've done, and I'll, I'll use this example real quick. I, I did a hymn with my youth choir some time ago, a couple years ago, and uh, someone was teaching it. I allowed somebody else to come in and teach uh, a song that was an arrangement of a traditional hymn. Mm-hmm. Had all the traditional lyrics, you know, the, the hymn was, uh, um, uh, I am thine, O Lord, mm-hmm. you know, draw me nearer. And it was this, this cool, 
you know, uh, praise and worship, guitar-driven yeah. arrangement mm-hmm. of it. It was nice, mm-hmm. but the choir was having the hardest time. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. was a group of young adults and young people. The hardest time owning this thing. Mm-hmm. And so after 15, 20 minutes, I said, this is going nowhere. So I mm-hmm. stopped it, and I said, well, let's finish it next week. I'll let you come back. So I went up, and and, and, I, and I'm telling you, as sure as I'm sitting here, it was the Lord that said, just do the hymn before you go into mm-hmm. rehearsal. And we started singing the hymn, and I'm telling you, man, the glory of God fell in that mm-hmm. rehearsal. Mm-hmm. That there, it was probably one of the shortest rehearsals, but one of the most powerful rehearsals because it was no, not a whole lot to do after you experienced like you, know, you haven't experienced like that. The glory of God came in just from singing that song in the tradition that they were able uh, to gravitate to it. So a lot of the songs, like you mentioned, No Waste Tired and some of the other ones, uh, really do have teeth, for That's lack right. of a better term. Yeah, and the, music, the music and the lyrics, they line up. It's kind of a marriage, right? Yes. I mean, done in this original form, there's something about that, because it, it affected folks back then, so it's going to affect, I don't care where you do it, it's going it's, mm-hmm. it's to have a certain, a certain something about it that'll affect them. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's a saying that you mentioned that, because that's one of the songs that we do in this hymn sing and what we normally do is 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 after we sing it through we take all the rhythm and uh the beat out of it uh-huh. and we literally sing it as a prayer yeah mm-hmm. freestyle that's right and 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 i believe that uh a lot of times when we sing songs uh the way we sing them, we really don't get the meat of the message. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and when we're singing, draw me nearer is a prayer. Yeah, yeah. Draw me nearer, precious Lord. And if you don't get that part of the song, mm-hmm. then then you then you miss it. I don't care. Right. I have thy, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am thy, O Lord. I have heard thy. Yeah, you, you can't thy even voice, internalize but, that part. But <laughs> until you get until you get to that part, draw me nearer. Right. This is all, all I've said before is with all the verses that I've sang before, this is the part that's important. Lord, draw me near. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, this, this might not be a great example, but I remember Nancy Wilson said something about singing. She said she always told young people when they sing, sing to the lyric. Mm. Sing to the lyric. Mm-hmm. So in other words, you're not, you're not just singing to sound beautiful or sound. Any, you, got, you have to think about what you're singing about. You know? right, and and that's, that's the key right there. You see, you don't try to get all fancy and all that kind of thing, but yeah. just sing to the lyric. Right, and that makes makes a lot of sense to me. You see, and it makes it, it makes you believable too when you yeah. when you sing right. some of these messages. So the the sing along started about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many how many have you done so far? I think about, we've done ten, about eight, ten. eight, nine or ten. Nine or, nine or okay. ten. And then moving count. from church to church, they're open yes. to the mm-hmm. Christian community to the general public. That's yes. right. Um, mm-hmm. And they're just invited to come in. Now you also telling the stories behind a lot of these songs some some of the you know the the real message in in some of the songs uh like for instance uh uh precious lord no not 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 so much Uh, precious lord is one uh but the one i'm thinking about is uh it's well with my soul soul. soul. Uh, mr stafford if you know his Mm -hmm. if you know his story Mm -hmm. about what he went through sure Right. Uh, and with with us, mm-hmm. that that quite often the things we go through on a daily basis, our failures, our faults, mm-hmm. what we've gone through. But bottom line is, it's well with my soul. Mm-hmm. I've made some mistakes. Uh, uh, I've done some things that I'm not that proud of. Mm-hmm. But right now, Lord, between you and I, it's well. Mm-hmm. With my soul, we've have to got to, we've got to get to that point mm-hmm. where we can come back. Uh, uh, we get out there, we stretch out some time on our own, and we do some things, and we can mess up real good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can mess up real good, but we need to get back to the point where where it's well with my soul. Mm-hmm. And it makes that young person even even ministers that younger person because they may have not gone through some of the things that the older person has gone through. So what they can do is they can identify with that story and it maybe can put them in, the, in, in, in a frame of mind to mm-hmm. say, wow, yes, uh, you know, I'll listen to this lyrics more and I can sing it even better. I, you know, that experience about that experience. Awesome. When is the next sing-along? Do you have a date yet? 
Now, we're, we're talking with uh, Pastor Cedric McCoy, you know, uh, Cedric mm-hmm. McCoy out of Beulah Baptist in Newark. And we're also talking with uh, another Passover in Newark, uh, John. We talked to um, mm. a couple, a couple of uh, Reverend Steele at Seminary Baptist wants to okay. do, do one. Uh, Reverend McDonald's at Second Baptist Church also, they want to do one. But so far, it's been talked, so we haven't right. really established any, uh, awesome. any, uh, any dates yet for it. Well, let us know when the next one is, and we'll have you back. And, uh, well, and make sure you record the next one. Make arrangements to have the next one recorded so we can talk about it, because I think it's something that uh, both generations need. Uh, you've got the older generation who don't feel like they get enough mm-hmm. of the traditional. And then you've got the younger generation who, uh, when they hear it, they, they realize, you know, this is, this is meaty. You know, mm-hmm. this is something that I'm missing in my repertoire, if you will. Uh, and so I think where you these sing-alongs are bridging the gap between, mm-hmm. uh, you know, these two generations, if you will, and and, and it's mm-hmm. ironic because there's a generation between those two generations, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because we, we're we're talking almost three we're talking three generations here That's technically, true. True. Uh, and if you start if you go far back to you know the staffers you're talking five six generations mm-hmm. because you're talking songs that are written in the 1800s some of them yes, so uh you're talking multiple generations and these songs still live they're still that's alive true. and we're still singing them mm-hmm. and we got to get to the point where we we understand the stamp mm-hmm. that these songs have that mm-hmm. keep them alive so much mm-hmm. so so long you know and we're writing all this new music we've got all the technology and we've got the bells and whistles Mm-hmm. And you know, you write a new song today, man, and it might mm-hmm. be top of the chart, mm-hmm. you know, for 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 a season. But then that's right. there's eight, eighty-seven thousand new songs that's just been released, right. <laughs> you know, the next week, mm-hmm. and yours is immediately lost, and so and there's no staying power. Mm-hmm. And so we got to be able to visit that and find out what it is that God deposited in the staffers. And I think a lot of it is personal experience. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's not a lot about what Stafford did, but he lost a lot. He lost a lot. Um, And uh, I think we all have to, well, well, none of us are looking forward to it, but we may have to have that Job experience to write that great song. Ron, John, so glad to have you guys, man. Thanks for on the moment. I know we we kind of grabbed you out of a meeting. We were getting together to do something else, and we're still still going to do that. Uh, But thanks so much for making yourselves available uh, for this brief discussion. Again, we've got to have you back. We're going to talk more about uh, the sing-along. In peace like the river attendeth my way When sorrow like sea billows
And Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be beside the clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend even so it is well with my soul it is well it is well with my soul with my soul it is well it is well with my soul and remember if ever we put the messenger before the message we have failed to present an unblemished gospel I'm Greg Thomas. Join us again next time on Music with the Mission. Take joy, my King, in what you hear and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. We also hope you'll join the conversation online because Music with a Mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet. And don't forget to use the hashtag MWM Podcast. Watch and share videos on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash TSC Music TV. And of course, you can always email us at music at timesquarechurch.org or visit the website tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, and I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. Coming up next week, a panel of musicians discuss different families of instruments, from drums to keys to strings, and the role and use of each in Christian music. 